Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I break down the Celtic sweep of the Brooklyn Nets, and I will go through the Nets in their season and what they should be looking forward to going forward, and just break it all down to a fine powder. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. NBA playoffs right now, but one series has been completed, and that was the sweep of Boston beating the Nets in four games. So, so this episode we're gonna pretty much break down the fall of the Brooklyn Nets. So, we'll start with the series itself, and as I said, four game sweep. Game one. We saw Boston beat Brooklyn 115-114 in a game that was pretty much nip and tuck. It was tied at, at the half, so pretty much back and forth game. I think the story in this game was pretty much the rebounding. The rebounding, Boston out-rebounded them 43-29. So let's talk about the... Uh, stats itself. Jason Tatum, who was sensational in this series, had one bad game, but uh, pretty much for the most part, solid across the board. 31 points, including the game winner, that layup that he uh, got in while KD was pretty much flat-footed when, when it happened. So, 31 points. Eight assists, four rebounds, two blocks. So, Jason Tatum getting it done, obviously. His counterpart, um, well, his um, teammate, Jalen Brown, 23 points for him, five rebounds, three assists, four steals, and two blocks. So, very active was Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart is one of those guys who's like an irritant but uh, you love to have him on your team. Uh, so he puts in 20 points, including four three-pointers, seven rebounds, six assists, and two steals. So solid game across the board for him. And Al Horford uh, with a uh, reach-back kind of game, 20 points for him and 15 rebounds. And then remember, uh, this series started with Robert Williams the third out, so... So he's out for this one. Uh, so, with that said, let's talk about the Nets. Kyrie Ir- Irving goes nuclear in this one. 39 points, in, in which he drops six three-pointers, uh, six assists, five rebounds, four steals for him. So, a solid game across the board for him. And remember, he's... Um, He's like Muslim now, so he's in the midst of the Ramadan where he fasts and so forth. So, um, but solid game here. Uh, but <laughs> he ends up feuding with the Boston fans because remember he left Boston kind of high and dry there. So, uh, so he was feuding with them on the court and then the post post game press conference as well. So much so he ended up getting fined for it. So. Uh, so pretty much they were in his head. He had a solid game as far as scoring and uh, contributions go, but uh, just couldn't get it done. Uh, Kevin Durant, 23 points. He shot it only 9 of 24 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. Four rebounds, three assists. And actually Brooklyn led this game. I said they were tied at the half, but Brooklyn led this game. 96 to 85 after three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, they completely collapsed and allowed Boston back into the game, which you can't do, especially if you're on the road. So, so that's the story there. Uh, the biggest story throughout this whole series really was the play of Andre Drummond. They considered him a defensive liability pretty much in this series. So, 
and it showed in the minutes he played. Like in this game, over only 17 minutes he played. Nick Claxton, on the other hand, got 31 minutes. So I'll, I'll kind of uh, highlight that as we go along in these games. So, again, uh, Boston takes game one. Game two, still in Boston, of course. Uh, and Boston gets the win again, 114 to 107. In this game, uh, the rebounding story was pretty much even. Oh, in the first game, uh, Brooklyn actually shot it better from the field than uh, Boston, shooting at 53.8 from the field, whereas Boston 47.2%. And then in game two, actually, it's Boston who outshot the Nets 52%, uh, as opposed to uh, Brooklyn's 46.1% from the field. Brooklyn led this at the half, 65-55, and pretty much held on for the win here. I think the bigger story is the shooting of KD and Kyrie, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, coming into this game, it was announced that Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, uh, the first guard to win it since Gary Payton, the glove, won it back in 1996, so... Big ups to Marcus Smart for doing that. It's funny, on the heels of him uh, getting hit for 39 for Kyrie, but, um, you know, they don't count the play, uh, what happens in the playoffs. It's all about the season. But Marcus Smart ends up getting defensive player of the year. So, so in terms of Boston, uh, Jalen Brown with a solid game, 22 points, 6 assists. Four rebounds, three steals. Jason Tatum, this was the bad game. He had 19 points on 5 of 16 shooting. He did have 10 assists and 6 rebounds. Uh, but Grant Williams off the bench, uh, 17 points. And perfect from the field, from the three-point line, and from the free throw line. Uh, four for four from the field. Three for three from three. And... He dropped in all six of his uh, free throws, so along with six rebounds and two blocks. And actually, in this game, Boston had seven players in double figures, so some balance scoring there for Boston. In terms of the Nets, KD with a better game, quote unquote, because he did get 27 points, um, but shot it horribly. Four for 17 from the field. He did go to the line, to the free throw line 20 times, sinking 18 of them, along with five assists and four rebounds. Kyrie has a putrid game, uh, 10 points. He did it on four of 13 shooting with three rebounds. So your top two players, KD and Kyrie, goes eight for 30 from the field. Man. That's not good, guys. Bruce Brown, who had had a solid series here. 23 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 blocks. And then Goran Dragic in this one, 18 points. He does that on 20, 20 minutes played. So, And again, tracking the center uh, position in the minutes there. Drummond did get 24 minutes in this one, whereas Nick Claxton got 23 minutes. So, But the story in this game, that fourth quarter, uh, Boston pretty much uh, put their feet on the gas, outscoring the Nets 29-17. to 17. So, so you got game two in the books. Game three, they go to Brooklyn to Barclay Center. And going to Barclays Center uh, pretty much uh, didn't matter much. Boston goes on the road and wins in Brooklyn, 109 to 103. In this game, uh, rebound the story pretty much, pretty much even. Uh, Boston out rebounding them by one. Again, um, the as far as from the field. Brooklyn shooting 50.6% from the field. 
um, pretty good. And then Boston, 50%. So, uh, so not much of a disparity there. At the half, Boston led this one by three. So another kind of close game. But I think this is the game where Boston snatched, uh, s snatched the heart out of uh, Brooklyn's chest. Uh, with Jason Tatum with a monster game, 39 points. He drops four threes in this game with six assists, six steals, and five rebounds. So absolutely terrific game. Jalen Brown pretty much doing Jalen Brown things. 23 points, uh, five assists, uh, four rebounds, and two steals. And then this, this game... You had the return of Robert Williams. Now, he was deemed out for this series, but, you know, he toughed it up. He uh, got out there, played only 16 minutes, but, you know, it's good to have your uh, your guy back back in the rotation. So, um, Daniel uh, Thice was holding it down while he was away. And, of course, you can swing Al Horford to your center position if need be. So, um yeah, so that's the Boston story. For the Nets, this one was a head-scratcher as well. Um, Bruce Brown, this guy is going to be a free agent, so I'll talk about that a little later. But uh, Bruce Brown, pretty much for the most part, had a solid series. Uh, 26 points in this one, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. Uh, KD and Kyrie combines for 32 points, 16 points apiece. Uh, eight rebounds and eight assists for KD. Kyrie uh, shot it horribly. Uh, six of 17 from the field. or of seven from three-point range. It, but he did chip in nine assists, three rebounds, and three steals. And then the, st the center story, um, Drummond. Only 16 minutes there, whereas Nick Claxton got 21. So uh, you can see kind of uh, Drummond getting phased out here. And then you have uh, the fourth game, the deciding game, also in Brooklyn. And that one came down the stretch. Uh, in fact, Jason Tatum fouled out of this one. Uh, but... The Nets unable to um, to beat Boston, even with him fouling out. He actually fouled out with two minutes and 45 seconds left in the game, in what was a tight game, and the Nets still couldn't pull it through. So, in this game, the rebounding story: Boston uh, again out rebounds the Nets, 45 to 38. So they take control of the boards. Again, they outshoot uh, Boston from the field, 50.6% from the field, whereas Boston, 47.2%. And Boston led at the half, 58 to 50. Um, they led big in the third quarter going to the fourth, but Brooklyn kind of rallies and then... Um, and then you have Boston holding on for the win. So let's talk the stats here. Jason Tatum, as I said, he fouled out, but he did score 29 points. Dropped another four threes in this game with five assists and three rebounds. So, But uh, the rest of the guys held it down. Uh, Jalen Brown, 22 points. Again, doing Jalen Brown things. Eight rebounds, three assists. Marcus Smart had a terrific game, 20 points with 11 assists, 5 rebounds, and then Grant Williams off the bench, um, 14 points. He had four uh, threes in this game with three rebounds, three blocks, and Robert Williams played in this one for 14 minutes. So going into the second round, they'll probably ramp up his minutes, so um, he kind of got a feel um, being in this series so they'll probably ramp up his minutes as they go along uh, as for the Nets K KD finally has a, 
uh, solid game scoring, 39 points. He did it on 31 uh, uh, attempts from the field, um, only dropping 13 of them with nine assists and seven rebounds. Seth Curry has a nice game, 23 points, uh, five three-pointers he sank, along with four rebounds and two blocks. Kyrie had 20 with five assists, five rebounds, and two blocks. And then the center story in this one, absolutely amazing. Uh, Andre Drummond with only four minutes played at the center position. Uh, Nick Claxton played 23 minutes. He did have 11 points, was perfect from the field, but he was one for 11 from the free throw line. That's inexcusable, guys. Uh, especially in such a tight game like this. He makes half of his free throws. The Nets get the win. So uh, so he has six rebounds, three blocks, and two steals. So um, that's pretty much the story there. Uh, in terms of the Nets bench, um, this is where things got a little... Um, a little strange for Steve Nash, the coach. Um, uh, Blake Griffin, for instance, he had um, he didn't play the first two games. The games in Brooklyn, he he played eight minutes, then he played eighteen minutes in the deciding game. Had um, he came in, he was able to draw some charges and you know kind of galvanize them a little bit, but um, I. I well, I'll talk later about um, Blake Griffin, but nonetheless, um, so that's his minutes there. Patty Mills was pretty much MIA in this series. Uh, 12 minutes in game one, 18 in game two, ramped up to 23 minutes, and then 19 minutes in the deciding game. But pretty much was a non-factor in this series. Goran Dragic had his moments. 26 minutes in game one, not such a good game. Game two and game four, he actually played well. Game three, he only had nine minutes. So, And then Kessler Edwards, he only saw a combined seven minutes in this series. with, um, And he didn't appear in any of uh, the games in Brooklyn. So... And then you had uh, LaMarcus Ulrich, who did not play in this series. Uh, he had this hip situation, so I um, think he's pretty much on the way out. Your rookies um, didn't see much time as well. Uh, De'Ron De Sharp and uh, Cam Thomas. Neva guy saw a lot of times, so... Uh, so that's pretty much your series. Give all the credit in the world to M.A. Aduka. Uh, he pretty much coached coached up this team. They were hot coming into this series um, as as they were going down the stretch, and they remain hot in this series. So playing pretty much uh, pretty good defense, all things considered, with. Um, the offensive firepower of a uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So, um, so that's pretty much the tale as far as the series. Um, when I come back, I'm just gonna we're just gonna go over the timeline of the net series and what do they do from here. Um, but be even before I do that, um, no, I'll just leave everything for the other side. So, but this series, you know, a lot of these pundits, a lot of them probably know more basketball than I could ever know. Um, but a few of them just hung their hat on the fact that uh, Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving, they're such offensive weapons that that would overtake what... Uh, complete team can um bring against them as far as defense and so forth so 
you know, you got some people saying, oh, they'll go to the finals. Coming out of a play-in, a play-in team making the finals, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. Um, you know, they're, granted, they won 44 games, but you're asking an awful lot for a team that had all the shuffling back and forth. Again, I'll talk about that on the other side, but... Uh, to say that this team will just muster it up and beat a team that was clicking down the stretch, that was playing stellar defense. Mind you, they were without their defensive anchor in the middle, but they were able to man the fort by playing team defense. And you're going to tell me that these two guys are going to be able to outplay, outscore, and this outmaneuver this team, it's not going to happen, guys. It's just not going to happen. Um, I, I'll say this once, and I'll say this again. Uh, I, in all my years of watching basketball, a team that's constructed the way the Nets are constructed, they can't win. They, uh, I, I don't see a team like that going all the way to win a championship. There's so much involved in winning a chip. In the NBA, it's not just offensive power, firepower. It's playing defense. It's you know setting yourself up in the half court. It's chemistry, and they didn't have that. They just didn't have that. So, um, and then you had the specter of Ben Simmons. When is he coming back? Is he coming back? It's just so much noise around this team that. It, it was just too much to overcome. It, it would have took a mentally strong team to overcome all that the Nets were facing. And they're, they're not that. They are not mentally strong. They are... It's pretty much KD and Kyrie and everybody else falls in line. But, um... Again, I take my hat off to Bruce Brown, who had a solid series. And he may have uh, played his way out of Brooklyn um, because he's gonna he's gonna um, he's gonna get a lot of attention on the free agent market. That's for sure. So, but again, let me say that for the other side. So, so that's my take on the series itself. When I come back, I'm gonna talk about the Nets timeline for this seat this past season what free agency holds, what the draft holds, and just some other thoughts as well as terms of the Brooklyn Nets. So, all right, so I'll give you that on the other side, guys. So stay tuned. Okay, guys, so I said I was going to talk about the Nets and their season as a whole, uh, what what the future holds in terms of uh, salaries and uh, what they do going forth. So uh, let's talk about it, shall we? So their season started out like this. Um, you know, um, training camp and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, uh, of course, t um, players were getting vaccinated so forth. Kyrie, Mr. Flat Earth himself, refused to get vaccinated. So... For whatever reason it was, again, I, I've said it several times on my podcast, a guy who believes at one time the earth was flat is not going get to get vaccinated. He's just not going to do it. He's too much of a conspiracy theorist. So anyhow, so that forced him to miss the first uh, two months and a half of the season, pretty much. So he missed 35 games starting the season um and then sean marks the gm was adamant about um um players being all in and um you know you you gotta be here full time or else we can't have you in and out of the lineup then comes december where he changes his tune and you gotta remember in december around Around that time, they were uh, 21 and 9 when he um, when they started kicking around this idea of Kyrie coming back. Um, 
he ends up coming back June 5th after, you know, uh, after the new year. So he comes back June 5th, not June, January 5th. So, um, and then he's now playing role games um, until the ban on the the vax, vaccine mandate uh, was lifted in New York City, where players have to be vaccinated in order to play. That was lifted uh, on March 24th, so he ends up playing full-time after March 24th. So, uh, And then you got to remember, too, at one time, around the time they were deciding this, the roster was ravaged with COVID. At one one game, they only had about seven players. So, um, so Sean Marks kind of went back on his words, to be honest. So, and then he allowed Kyrie to come and play. At this time, the Nets still had um, Kevin Durant was healthy at the time. You still had James Harden, so. So, you know, you had legit shot there. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, and even before that, um, no, I'll, I'll save that. But, uh, so, so, you know, Sean Marks goes back on his words as far as that, um, you know, that proclamation that, you know, you got to be all in and so forth. So, you know, guys see that. A heart and sees that. Um, so, you, I'm sure that's in his mind there. And then you have KD who goes down with a knee sprain. He does this against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. This is uh, about 10 days later after Kyrie returns on January 15th. So, he ends up missing 21 games, and in those 21 games, the Nets go five and 16. So, uh, putting himself in quite a hole there. Um, yes. Yeah, so, and then uh, you couple that with James Harden, who ended up being unhappy how the season was going, especially with Kyrie coming in and out of the lineup. Remember, the GM said. That, you know, he made it clear that uh, you have to be all in if you're going to be a part of this team. And then he goes back on his word, heart and sees this. And he's like, whoa, what's going on here? So, and even heart and understands, you know, you need team chemistry in order to uh, achieve the goal you want to achieve of a championship. So, you know, he gets it and he's. He pouts, he, you know, and he wants out. So, uh, Sean Marks gives him his wish, and he gets traded at the trade deadline to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. So, so he gets dealt out. Uh, they bring in a Ben Simmons, who, they, who, by the way, they were hoping to be able to play at some point. Ben Simmons already dealing with mental health issues. He comes to the Nets and then it's discovered that he has a herniated disc in his back. So, um, despite efforts, and I put that in air quotes, to get back on the court, it never materialized. Um, that word was where it was coming down that he'll be able to perhaps play the last couple of games of the regular season this way he gets a feel that didn't happen there was said that um he would be in the lineup uh during the playoffs perhaps if they get to the second round but maybe the first round so that never happened so um so and then to top that off, you have Joe Harris who sprains his ankle back in November of uh, November 14th against OKC. They expected him back by the All-Star break. He aggravates the ankle fervor. He ends up getting reconstructive ankle surgery and therefore 
misses the rest of the season. So, so I say all that to say that the Nets are they're in a bind. They are in a bind here um, right now. It's basically Kyrie and KD running the show. More so Kyrie than Kyrie. KD, in my opinion. Uh, you got to remember back in 2019, Kyrie in the offseason made the decision to come to Brooklyn and bring his buddy uh, um, Durant with him, which he did. He did that. So pretty much the owner, uh, Joe Sy, has uh, pretty much uh, made a deal with the devil, so to speak. So. Uh, these guys are going to have free reign to kind of run things their way. Um, and remember, when KD came, he had to sit out the year because of, you know, he was still rehabbing the knee. So you had a full year of Kyrie. Well, not a full year because you know how Kyrie is. But <laughs> um, so uh, the coach was Kenny Atkinson at the time. Uh, once the season was done... Kenny Atkinson is shown the door. In comes Steve Nash with the full blessing of a Kevin Durant who was actually working with uh, Steve Nash while he was rehabbing. So so there's a bond there. So, so Kevin Durant rubber stamps it, so he becomes the coach. But uh, So he becomes the coach in September 2020. Um you know, prior to the season. But maybe a few weeks later, Kyrie makes the statement that, oh, we really don't need a coach. Kevin uh, Kevin can coach, I can coach. So you kind of poo-pooed Nash coming in the door. So, um, so with that said, we know what happened uh, the prior season. They had the series with Milwaukee and... Uh, and they fell short and say, oh, if Kevin Durant's feet was a little smaller, so forth, what have you. Yeah, fine. Um, and that propelled Milwaukee to win the title last year. So, so you figure with that, they come into this season and, you know, they'll be able to get it done. But it was just too much swirling around this team. So, uh, again, I say, they're in a pickle right now. Uh, KD, he signed on the four-year extension. So um, his contract was to end the, after this season. So he signed on for four more years at $197.5 million. So he's locked in. Kyrie, on the other hand, he just... Um, he just was paid $35 million. Now, next year, he has $37 million that's on the books unless he does a player option. He was given a player option. So, word has it that he will opt out of that player option to get re-signed re up. So, the question is, do you trust Kyrie enough for the next four years to fall in line and do what he has to do to help this ball club. Because he didn't really help this ball club this season because he refused to get vaccinated. Uh, so that's your question. And like I said, the owner, Josiah, is in a pickle because he, he made his deal with the devil, allowing Kyrie to bring over KD. So, and let's just face it, they're running this franchise. And you could even hear it in in the post-game interview with both guys, more so Kyrie, that, uh, you know, when the offseason comes, we'll sit down with uh, Josiah, Sean Marks. Didn't even include Steve Nash in the equation, which leads me to believe that Steve Nash could take the fall for this, uh, for what happened in the offseason. I mean, in the postseason. Don't be surprised, guys, if the axe falls on Steve Nash for what took place. Much like 
um, Frank Vogel over there with the Lakers. I think the axe could. I think no, the noise can get loud enough that the axe falls on Steve Nash. No fault of his own, although he did get out coached in the in uh, this series with Boston. He did, but uh, I think the axe falls on him. Which leads me to ask, who do you go to next? It's got to be somebody they both respect because it seemed like they ran rough shot over Nash. The poor guy. And he seems like such a nice guy, but they just ran over the man. So, uh, so, you, so you have that dynamic. What to do with Kyrie? Uh, you know, Steve A. Smith, he says, you can't sign him long term. You got to sign him year by year. The NBA don't work that way, unfortunately. So they're going to have to just uh, have him sign that extension and hold their nose. They're going to have to do that because if you upset Kyrie, that upsets KD. So, uh, and KD made it clear he wasn't disappointed with Kyrie and all, all the decisions he made. They're boys, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Which leads to what Charles Barkley said about the bus driver and bus riders, which uh, Jay Williams quite handily lifted from Barkley and took and ran with it. So, um, but Barkley's right. You you got bus riders and you got bus drivers. With Golden State, he was a rider. He was, and. The funny thing about Golden State is, we say it's uh, uh, Steph Curry's team, which it is, but actually Draymond is the one who's the holds the team together. But with that said, um, you know we like everybody says it's Steph's team. We understand that. We get that, and we. Rightfully so. But I think it's Draymond who holds that team accountable, holds them together. And you saw how him and KD went back and forth um, uh, the one time or so. Well, probably more than that. But, um, and called him out of his name. So, I say that to say right now. There is no accountability there, with, not with Kyrie, not with KD. So the next coach you bring in, it's got to be somebody that you know who's going to hold their feet to the fire. And the whole question with that is, do they want to be coached? Remember what Kyrie said. He said, "Oh, Kevin can coach it. He can coach it." That doesn't sound like a guy who wants to be coached. The great players, the great players, they want to be coached. That's just as simple as that. They want to be coached. They want to, you know, they want some kind of discipline in place. So that's where I say the 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 franchise is in a pickle because these guys are just running the show. So, and then you have the whole dynamic with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, who was paid thirty three million. Uh, surprisingly so <laughs> but um he has three years left at a hundred and a 13.5 million um so you got your you got three more years you gotta get out of him <sighs> management talk with him about playing he says the mental health issues uh, are tied could pretty much be tied to his back issues so um I think this is a person who we saw what happened at the end of that series against Atlanta last year we saw what happened we saw how the coach um what the coach said uh post game we saw what Joel and B said post game where they pretty much threw him under the bus. So we saw what he did, how he refused to shoot in the fourth quarter. Um, so to me, his issues are between his ears. Uh, I, I heard um, Shannon Sharp say this, and 
I, I fall in alignment with that. His issues is between his ears. Is is the back issue a serious thing too? It, it is. It probably is. But unless he get his head right, when is he going to uh, get on the floor? Next year? Next year he's supposed to. Will he? He's going to have to get... He's going to have to get him some help. He's going to have to get him some help. Uh, sports psychologist, whoever it is. And they're going to have to be in his ear from now until training camp of next year. Because you made this heart and trade and you he's the key piece here. And <laughs> let me say this because I read an uh, article where they said uh, ESPN, uh, ESPN article that says... Uh, Perhaps he could play center. Ben Simmons is not playing center. Let, let's let's be clear. He will not be playing center. No way. No way he, next year he'll be playing center for the Nets. No way. So, um, they're going to need one because I think uh, Andre Drummond is gone. Um, right now, your free agents are Bruce Brown, as I said who made 4.7 million he's going to double or double that at least uh perhaps quadruple it uh LaMarcus Aldridge I think he's out I think he's done uh Blake Griffin I think he comes back a la uh Adonis Haslam he'll be that type of guy for this team but he's done uh Andre Drummond, I said, I don't think he comes back. Uh, Nick Claxton, I think he, I think it'll probably bring him back. Um, but he's going to have to work on his free throw shooting, that's for sure. You know, of course, you got the rookies that'll be back with the team. Uh, Kessler Edwards, he'll be back. Patty Mills has an opt-out. Um, he got $6 million this year. And, uh, he has $6 million he'll get. Next year, if he doesn't uh, do a player opt-out, I think he opts out, to be honest with you. I think Patty Mills, I think he's seen enough of the, the this Brooklyn show, and I think he opts out and he goes elsewhere. That's my feeling. I could be wrong. So, uh, right now you have nine, well, ten players that are under contract. Um, but they need help. They need help right now. They're at um, and, oh, nearly $175 million per uh, salary cap. For next year, they are committed to $156.6 million. And that's without uh, the draft, by the way. So, And also the draft... Right now, that's they would have had the 17th pick, but they dealt that to Houston to get Hardaway, obviously. But they did receive a draft pick from uh, Philly. So, and that's right now that sits at 23. So, what they can do is defer this this year's pick and uh, move that to. 2023 uh which is a gamble because you'll have Harden the full year with the Sixers you'll have Joel Embiid um unless you want to roll the dice and say he Joel Embiid doesn't play uh 60 plus games next year which he did this year 68 to be in the exact um you rolling the dice that he doesn't reach 68 games next year and that their their record isn't all that great uh you're also gambling that um things will be intact with doc rivers where he doesn't take the fall for what happens in these playoffs where they are struggling against toronto so you can do that you can take that gamble and and then with that you don't have to dedicate uh a contract to a rookie coming in. So this way you have some money to play around with. Uh, 
I believe they have an $11.3 million exemption that they can use. They have two $6.4 million ex, uh, ex, exemptions, trade exemptions they can also use to bring players in. But they're going to need to build this roster. They're going to need size. Like I said, Simmons is not playing the center. You could forget that. I can see a lineup where they go small, but um, I don't see Simmons playing the center position. So, uh, so again, the Nets, they're in a fix. They're really in a fix here. Um, then you got to find suitable players to bring in. So, uh, who do you bring in? Um, the, may, maybe a Hassan Whiteside. Maybe he, because I believe they just signed him to a one-year deal in uh, Utah. Maybe you bring him in. Uh, you still develop Claxton. Um, it, it all depends. Um, but they're going to have to figure some stuff out, especially with the Ben Simmons situation. Because if he can't go, you're putting the burden again on Kyrie and KD, which, um, you know, can they handle it? And again... Whose team this is? It's Kyrie's team, and KD is this like uh, a co. <laughs> he he. It's not his team, and people say, "Oh, KD got to make it his his team." He's not built that way, guys. I told you, I told you guys earlier in earlier podcasts. He's just different, man. Him and Kyrie, to be honest with you. These are just different guys. Um, and you just think of the situations both of them came from. Uh, Kyrie wasn't really the alpha in Boston. He definitely wasn't the alpha in Cleveland with LeBron there. So he's he's in a whole different territory now of being sort of the alpha. But he's not alpha. Kevin Durant. In his days with OKC, Westbrook was the alpha. He wasn't the alpha. He was the best player, make no mistake about it, but he was not the alpha. Golden State, he definitely wasn't the alpha there. That's for sure. Um, so, you're asking two guys who never really been alphas, not, well, maybe in... Uh, KD's days with Texas, but shoot, he was only in Texas one year as a freshman, and that was it. So these guys aren't built to lead. They're not. That's what it comes down to. If you had a Chris Paul on this team, I'd feel a lot better about this team's chances. If you had... And see, it's not a lot of guys in, in Paul's caliber where you could come in and lead. If you had a Kyle Lowry, maybe you could, uh, I would feel better about them. But you don't have that, guys. So you're asking two guys who never had to lead to lead, and it's just not working. So you, you pretty much wasted three seasons here. With this Brooklyn project. Will, what will they do next year? They'll be amongst the top teams in the East. Will they be able to overcome some of these teams? Not as currently constituted. No. They still can't beat Milwaukee. Uh, Boston will only get better. Uh, Chicago, I think, will be better. Uh, remember, they didn't have Lonzo Ball for pretty much most of the year. Um, Philly, I would think, would get better. I would think so. So, you have about four teams there that you got to deal with. And if you don't have the mental fortitude to supplant those teams, they're going to be right in right where they are. Maybe a five or six, um, six seed. May, uh, I would think. And then there's Toronto, who Toronto, 
you can't even sleep on Toronto, to be honest. So the East is not getting any easier, guys. Heaven knows I'm a Knicks fan, so uh, we, we we need to just bide our time and then wait for these guys to get old so we can do something. But, um, yeah, so I just don't. Unless something major happens, I don't see them supplanting any of those teams I just named. Miami, nope. Milwaukee, nope. Chicago, nope. Philly, maybe, maybe, depends. Um, Toronto, yeah. Perhaps, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, they're only going to get better. So, um... Yes, yeah, so I again, I know championship is the mantra over there in Brooklyn, but it's it's just not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy by any stretch. So, um, and you kind of got the blueprint on how to play these guys after this Boston series. You got to have the manpower to do it, but um, yeah. So I think what we see. In Brooklyn here, unless Ben Simmons comes back and is in his full right mind and gives them what they need on the defensive end, I think it's going to be a struggle for them. So, all right. So I think I'm going to land the plane there. So uh, this was my breakdown of the Nets, uh, the Nets story, um, the can't even say the rise really but the fall of the brooklyn nets so um all right guys so that's gonna do it for me um probably gonna do some more recapping of the playoffs you got another series that's done miami's moving on to the second round as well so as a few of these series end i'll probably do a episode coming soon all right guys so that's it Uh, Again, I thank you for listening, and we'll talk soon. All right, take care. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at thatsportsdudegd at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gdthatsportsdude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.